All right, I think we're going to go ahead and get started. So welcome to Fat Tuesday. Uh, my name is Pastor Kevin, and I just want to welcome you tonight. I want to start off by thanking Pastor Daisy for the privilege and the honor uh, to be able to speak tonight. I'm truly excited uh, about sharing tonight with everybody that's uh, t- tuning in. Uh, let's go ahead and get started with uh, prayer. Father God, I just thank you. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your peace right now, God, that surpasses all understanding. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to to fill me, to fill us, that you would be dwelling within us. Holy Spirit, I invite you, even right now in this live stream, I invite you to have your way. Father, I ask that you would stir up their hearts, God, that you would stir up and start to uh, stir up and make them want to dig into the word and make them want to uh, just find out these spiritual mysteries. God, I'm so excited. And I thank you for the honor and the privilege, Father, to be here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, what's going on, everybody? Um, I have missed you guys a lot. I'm so excited to be able to speak with you guys tonight. And so tonight, we're actually going to be talking about spiritual mothers, fathers, and children. So that's spiritual mothers, fathers, and children. And it's just something that I'm extremely excited about. And I'm going to tell you why. So uh, about a month ago, maybe uh, give or take a week, uh, me and Pastor Crystal, who is my wife, we were speaking and we've been talking about uh, the story of Elijah, and we're just going back and forth, and and all of a sudden, I started to see a, a lot of different godly people talk about the same thing, and I said, "Wow, that's that's interesting," you know. And I started seeing uh, I, I was part of a couple Zoom calls, and I was part of a couple different uh, things that I was watching online, and it all had to do in some way or fashion with spiritual fathering and mothering and, and that spiritual parent relationship. And so it was just like a mind-blowing experience for me because I was like, wow, you know, I'm literally, this has been on my heart. I've been, you know, thinking about this, praying about this, and all of a sudden I start seeing other people uh, think about it and, and talk about the same things. And so it was an, uh, it was just an amazing thing to see. And so I want to just share something I wrote real quick with you guys. I wrote, God is moving in a great and mighty way, and he is revealing it to his people everywhere. And that's important. You know, it's important to see and to note that different people in the spiritual realm, different brothers and sisters are receiving the same download of the spirit. And so, and and that is the importance of spiritual fathering and the importance of that relationship uh, and spiritual children. So, and I'm just going to share real quick with you guys, uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 14. So if you're joining at home and you're uh, writing notes, 1 Corinthians 4, verses 14 through 15. And I'm reading out of the Amplified, okay? All right, so this is what it says. Uh, well, <laughs> just a little backstory. Uh, Paul is kind of getting onto the Corinthians, okay? So um, this chapter... Chapter 4, he's actually kind of getting on to the Corinthians, and he's speaking in a, not a harsh way, but in a hard way to the Corinthians. Uh, and he, he just got done telling them some, some pretty hard things, and I encourage you to go read it. Uh, but for the sake of time, I'm not going to read all of it. 
Uh, but verse 14 says, I do not write these things to shame you, but to warn and advise you as my beloved children. For even if you were to have 10,000 teachers to guide you in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers who led you to Christ and assumed responsibility for you. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the good news of salvation. All right, so this is important. And the reason I want to share this with you guys is for that one little key word. And that key word is responsibility. Uh, you see, because when you become a spiritual father or, or a spiritual mother or a spiritual daughter or son, there is a, a key difference in just friends and, and uh, you know, just a teacher. And that difference is responsibility or accountability, which is so powerful and important and what we really need during this time, uh, especially when most of us are not meeting at church. Uh, we need that accountability factor in our lives every single day. All right, and so I'm just, I'm really excited to be talking about, teaching about, preaching about, however you want to call it. I kind of, Chris always says I do a little a combo, <laughs> a combo of preach, teach. So, uh, but I'm just so excited to be able to share about this story with you guys tonight because I think there's just some amazing, uh, fresh anointing on it. There's a fresh revelation on it. Uh, like I said, there's more than just me talking about it. You know, Pastor Michael and Brother Sean Lombard and even Brother Bo Barton uh, has been talking about about these things. So it's just really, really awesome to see that confirmation in what I'm going to be talking about tonight. Um, all right, so just some examples of a spiritual father-mother relationship uh, that I want to share with you guys tonight. Uh, Paul and Timothy. Uh, Paul and Timothy is a good one. Uh, because you see in the book of Philippians how Paul treats Timothy, okay? And I encourage you to, to read that as well. The book of Philippians is not very long. We're actually going through it with the teens uh, every Wednesday night. And so uh, it's, been, it's been pretty awesome uh, having the teens read that and, and see that for themselves as well. Uh, but you see this beautiful relationship of a father-son combo uh, with Paul and Timothy. And you start to see that. Uh, Timothy is there through thick and through thin and that Paul is there through thick and thin and Paul is incarcerated and Paul is shipwrecked and all these bad things are happening to Paul and Timothy is still there on, you know, right next to him. Uh, and so you see these uh, beautiful, uh, you know, representations of what a spiritual father, son or mother, daughter relationship looks like. And it's, it's pretty awesome. And Paul himself, uh, himself calls Timothy, you know, his son. And so it's, uh, it's amazing. But also, uh, Jesus and the 12 disciples. You know, Jesus didn't start off with just the 12. You know, there was thousands of people and then hundreds of people. But in order to father, to truly father, you know, he had to bring them down to 12, you know. And, I'm, and yes, you know, there's some other reasons that it was the 12, you know, the 12 tribes and, you know, a lot of other theologically right and sound uh, uh, situations. They go along with the reason there was 12. But what I'm saying is that he not only taught them, right? See, Jesus was called the teacher and he was called a rabbi, but he didn't just teach the 12. See, he went around everywhere teaching people. That's very true. That's absolutely accurate. He would go uh, village to village preaching, teaching, you know, the, about the kingdom, healing, right? But he fathered the 12 disciples, 
You see, he, he taught on how to pray, but then he fathered the 12 disciples and showed them, this is how you do it. You, you know, this is how you, you, pr- this is how you pray, okay? And he brought them in under his wings as a spiritual father, and he lived life with them. He did life with them. He fathered them. Through thick, through thin, through good times, bad times, on the waves, the ocean, all of it, all of it. And he fathered the 12 disciples. So that's an amazing, uh, another amazing story. Uh, Elijah and Elisha, which is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, Moses and Joshua. So uh, to me, Moses and Joshua is another big one. And let's see here. I want to make sure not to offend anybody. Uh, Moses and Joshua were amazing people and men of God. We all know that, and there's no question in that. Um, But one of the really, really important things we see with Moses and Joshua is the extremely important important, uh, need for the relationship of spiritual fathers and spiritual sons. And the reason for that is Moses was Joshua's spiritual father. And so he poured into him what he had. So he taught him the laws of the Lord. He, he showed him how to walk before the Lord in a holy, in, you know, in a holy way. And, in, and so you see this amazing relationship. And, and so when Joshua takes over, you know, when, when Moses dies and Joshua takes over, you see victory after victory after victory. But there was one place where I feel like Joshua failed. And that was he didn't create or he didn't have a spiritual son. Just as Moses, you know, poured into Joshua's life, there wasn't anybody that we know of that Joshua just poured into. And when you read the story of Joshua and, and, you know, victory after victory, after what you see is that there is a decline in the presence of God. And what happens is if you read the story of Joshua, what you're going to find is it says that the Israelites, they forgot the Lord. They forgot God. They forgot everything that God brought them out of. And it was because of that lost relationship, the fathering, the the relationship of I'm going to take you under my wing. I'm going to teach you everything I know. I'm going to live life with you. And so uh, that's why, you know, that relationship is so important in the Bible. And again, um, you know, again, if nothing else, I always say this when I, uh, whenever I get a chance to do uh, Fat Tuesday, I always say, if nothing else, if you don't agree with me or or whatever, if nothing else, I pray to God that this would uh, spark something in your spirit to want to go and look at this stuff for yourself, to want to go and read the word of God and see, well, is that true? Is this true? You know, oh, wow, that is true. Uh, whatever the case is, I want to encourage you to do that. Don't just take my word for it. Do that, okay? Read the word and dig in. Uh, another beautiful one is Naomi and Ruth. Uh, that's a beautiful one. Uh, yes, Ruth was the um, daughter-in-law. But she didn't have to, you know, cling on to Naomi the way she did. She didn't have to, you know, make Naomi her spiritual mother and follow her to the ends of the earth and do whatever she asked her to do. Uh, She didn't have to do that. Uh, But when you read that story, you see that Ruth was, you know, she wasn't going to let go. And that was her spiritual mom. And she just didn't want to, she didn't want that relationship to go anywhere. She loved her. And, you know, whether she went to, 
her back to her land or not, you know, whatever the case was, she was going, she was going with her. She had uh, determined that in her mind that she was going to follow Naomi wherever she went. So that's another uh, beautiful relationship. And there's, you know, there's a lot of other examples as well. Um, but for the sake of time, we're not going to go into all of them. Um, but I want to read tonight, I want to read the story of Elijah and Elisha. Now, I'm not going to read all of it, but I am going to read uh, some of the important uh, verses that I just want to share with you guys. Uh, and, you know, I found some things that were really, really interesting to me. And I felt like it was a fresh revelation. So I'm hoping you guys feel the same way. Um, but like I said, if nothing else, this will in hopefully encourage you to look into the word, right? So uh, I think we're going to go ahead and get started with uh, reading the story of Elijah because I want to show you guys what an actual spiritual parent-child relationship uh, looks like. And I've already kind of explained it a little bit, but I just want to go a little further into it, okay? So we are reading from 2 Kings 2, 2 Kings 2, and we're going to be reading uh, verses 1 through 12, okay? So if you're taking notes, that's 2 Kings 2, verses 1 through 12. All right, we're going to go ahead and get started. When the Lord, verse 1, was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha replied, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now, <laughs> the reason I, I I'm going to stop right here real quick. That's verse two. So we made it all the way to, down to verse two. Awesome. <laughs> uh, but the reason this is so important is because if you read it too fast, you'll miss it. And what we see here in verse 2, at least what I see in verse 1 and 2, is that Elijah is more than a teacher to Elisha. You see, for example, you know, for anybody that has kids, uh, let's say you have your kids, right? And you're like, uh, you know, at, oh, let me go back. At school, the teacher says, stay in your seat, uh, you know, and, and when I ask you or call upon you, then you can come over here and, and talk to me, or uh, you stay in your seat until I tell you that you can go to lunch, or you stay in your seat until I tell you that you can go to recess, right? Just an example. Uh, but when they're at home, when our kids are at home, and you're like, you know, for example, me, I'm like, you know what, uh, I'm going to go back in the backyard, and I'm going to... Um, you know, clean out the dog's uh, water bowl, you know, babe, I'll be right back. And the kids are immediately like, ooh, I want to come, I want to come, I want to come. And my first response, um, I'm sure many of you already know, excuse me, my first response is always, well, no, stay inside. You know, I, I got a lot to do. Give me a second. Let me do this. Let me do that. Or no, you know, you're already doing something. Just, just stay in there. You know, because it's a little easier for me to do what I want to do uh, without all three kids coming in the back, right? Um, but eventually, of course, the kids are like, no, please, Dad, please, please, let me come out. And I'm like, oh, all right, all right, all right. Yes, you can come to the backyard, and I'll clean this, and you guys go uh, jump on the trampoline. Uh, and so this is the picture that I see in verse 2. You know, Elijah isn't, Elijah 
pretty much gave almost like a command to Elisha. He said, stay here. He didn't say, hey, by the way, if you want to stay here, uh, go ahead and just hang out right here. He didn't say that. He said, stay here. And then you see Elisha's response with, no, as surely as the Lord lives, I'm coming with you. Uh, (laughs) And so I see this uh, beautiful relationship that is a father-son combo more than a just a servant, you know, serving his master or someone training up under somebody. Um, you know, I see more than that. I see a, a spiritual father-son relationship. And uh, we're going to continue reading, and you're going to see that it's not just one time, you know, but he asks Elisha multiple times, okay, stay here, Elisha. And Elisha, you know, being like, you know, my kids, he's like, no. No, I want to come. I'm coming with you. And, uh, and so, yeah, let's, so let's look into that. Uh, verse 3, now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? He said, yes, I know it. Now be quiet or be quiet about it. Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here. For the Lord has sent me to Jericho. <laughs> so Elijah's saying, all right, please stay here because the Lord is sending me to Jericho. And as I've kind of already been explaining to you, uh, Elisha is a son. He's not just a servant or someone who washes the hands of Elijah. That is true, but he's more than that. And so uh, in verse 5 Oh, I'm sorry, verse 4 still. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Verse 5, the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho approached Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord would take your master away from you today? And he answered, yes, I know it. Be quiet about it. Elijah said to him, okay, the third time, please stay here for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood opposite them to watch at a distance. And the two of them stood by the Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle or coat and rolled it up and struck the waters and they were divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And when they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me, he said. Uh, Elijah said, you have asked for a difficult thing. However, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. As they continued along and talked, behold, a chariot of fire with horses of fire appeared suddenly and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. I'm going to stop right here in verse 11. 
you know, this verse, you know, I kept reading it over and over and over. And it just, it struck me. It, it just impacted me. It, it was like my eyes were open and I, I couldn't believe it. And I, and I turned to my wife, Crystal, and I said, babe, do you realize, you know, because a lot of people sometimes they get confused and they think that Elijah went up, you know, that a chariot of uh, a fire with horses of fire came and took Elijah. But that's not the case. A whirlwind took Elijah. But check this out. Elisha was so attached to his spiritual father. He was willing to go to the ends of the earth. He was willing to do whatever needed to be done to be close to him, to have that relationship with him, that God himself had to come and separate them. And that's not me making something up. That's verse 11, like I just read. Uh, It says, as they continued along and talked, behold, a chariot of fire with horses of fire separated the two of them. And so what was, you know, what was the purpose of that chariot of fire? It was to separate them. Because if God, if God himself didn't separate the two, you know, it, he would probably end up taking up Elisha in the whirlwind with them. And so, I mean, there's this amazing picture of closeness, this amazing picture of, of relationship true spiritual father and son relationship that says i'm going to be here for you no matter what no matter what and we see in verse 11 that god had to send a chariot of fire just to be able to separate them long enough so that he could take elijah up in a whirlwind and it's just an amazing you know it just blew my mind when i was Uh, reading it and just thinking about it. And I turned to Crystal and I'm like, wow, you know, I've read this story. I don't know how many times, a lot. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, when I was reading, I was like, it just hit me that God himself had to send a chariot of fire to separate them so that he could take Elijah up in a whirlwind. And it was just amazing to me how close Elisha and Elijah really were. And, you know, I think we really, really see this in the next uh, verse. I think you really see this in the next verse, in verse 12. In verse 12, we we see this. Verse 12 says this, Elisha saw it and cried out, my father, my father. He didn't say my teacher. He didn't say, you know, my, um, you know, my Lord or, Um, you know, someone who is my friend. No, he cried out, my father, my father. The chariot of Israel and its horsemen. And he no longer saw Elijah. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces in grief. You know, I think verse 12 really shows you the heart, really shows you the heart of their relationship. Just to give you guys a little backstory, I told you I wasn't going to go and, and uh, read all of the you know story of Elisha and Elijah, but Elisha had a dad. You know, he he had a earthly dad, and so, you know, but here we see the relationship of a spiritual dad, and it was so he was so distraught with losing his spiritual dad, even though he knew it was going to happen. 
because he, he heard from the Lord, and you see that, and the sons of the prophet also heard from the Lord. But he was distraught to the point where he ripped his garments. You know, he ripped them and was pretty much struck with grief, okay? He was just distraught. You know, he was just, he, it hurt him. It hurt him um, that, that, you know, the Lord was going to take him, even though he already knew. Uh, it was hard. It was hard for him. And I know that there's, you know, some people that can probably relate to that, you know, that have, who have had, uh, you know, spiritual fathers and mothers in the past and who are now, you know, with the Lord. I know that, you know, you guys can probably relate with that. But Elisha was distraught and, uh, you know, and he really, really loved Elijah as his father. All right. And so I don't know. I just thought that was just so amazing to me. And so just a few characteristics that I want to pull out of here, a few characteristics of, you know, being spiritual parents and sons and, and daughters. And um, one was the characteristic that we see in uh, verse 11. And that was, you know, I, I, I wrote down stuck like glue. Here we see that Elisha was stuck to Elijah like glue to the point where God had to come and separate them. That's how stuck they were together and how strong their relationship and bond really was. And, uh, and so we see that. Another thing that I saw uh, that I wrote down was some characteristics was spiritual parents and children don't compromise. They don't compromise even when they're able to or have a valid excuse. All right, and what do I mean by that? Excuse me. What I mean is, Elisha could have said, yes, you know, I'm going to honor you, and uh, uh, whatever you say, teacher, uh, I'm going to stay right here. Uh, you know, I, I'm, he could have chosen to have the same relationship as the sons of the prophets. In some uh, scriptures, it says the company of the prophets, the sons of the prophets, or, you know, the prophets of that town. But, you know, he could have chose to have that same relationship, uh, you know, to stand from a distance, you know, to, to watch from a distance. Uh, but he didn't. He didn't compromise. And, you know, and... Uh, and during these crazy times of, you know, the coronavirus and the pandemic and, you know, I feel like we could probably have a valid excuse of, you know, not parenting and not pouring into one another. But I thank God that we haven't done that. You know, I thank God that our church hasn't compromised and, I, and not just our church, but a lot of brothers and sisters in the faith. Uh, like I said, I've been just seeing it, you know, on Zoom and, and the Patria website and, uh, just on YouTube, on Facebook, uh, just the different churches and the different brothers and sisters all over the world who have chosen to dig in and to press in into having relationship with one another, to pray more, to fast more, to uh, speak to, uh, to each other more, even if it's through Facebook or Instagram or text messaging or phone call. Um, but there's no excuse to not pour into uh, somebody else. There's no excuse. And we see that with Elisha. You know, he wasn't gonna, he wasn't gonna take, you know, stay here for an answer. Like he just, he wasn't gonna do it. He didn't want to. He wanted to be where his spiritual father was. 
And so uh, that's just uh, another amazing example and some characteristics that I saw. Um, And again, we saw that in uh, verse 7. We saw that in verse 7. And I'm going to go back to verse 7 really quick because I want to show you guys, uh, or I want to read that one more time. It says, 50 men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood opposite them to watch at a distance, and two of them stood by the Jordan, and the two of them. And so, like I just said, you know, he was stuck like glue. And there was other prophets all around them, uh, but they just didn't have the same relationship uh, that Elisha had with Elijah. And so, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's really important that we build, that we build a close relationship. Uh, relationships don't just magically appear. You know, that's why Pastor DJ is always stressed. You know, you can't do life alone. You can't do life alone. You know, get plugged in. Uh, you know, find that spiritual mothering and fathering that you need in your life. You know, find someone who maybe is a little more uh, spiritually uh, new. And you don't have to be just a spiritual baby, so to speak. I mean, I want to be fathered still. I want to be spiritually fathered still. And, and I know that's the same way for a lot of people that are extremely mature in the faith, and I know that's how they feel as well. Because uh, fathering never stops. You know, you don't, we don't just automatically know everything we know, and that's it. And when we have that attitude, when we have the attitude of, no, I don't need to pour into other people's lives, and I don't really need anybody to pour into my life, so I'm not accountable to, to anybody so that nobody is responsible for me. What happens is that the next generation forgets, just like I told you in the story of uh, Joshua. What happens is the next generation forgets. And so that's why it's so important that we have spiritual fathering and mothering in the church, that we uh, you know, find those those children in the faith and build them up and pour into them and, and and strengthen them up. And I'm not saying that this takes the, you know, the the responsibility of a Christian to have a, a personal relationship with Christ because it doesn't. Your foundation has to be built on Christ for any relationship to work. And I know you guys remember that from Pastor DJ talking about relationships. You know, your foundation has to be set on God for any relationship to work. But I, it's just so important that we have people in our lives pouring into us and that we're also pouring into others. Uh, and it doesn't have to be younger or older. It, it doesn't matter. It's just and you need to have somebody pouring into you. Uh, and it's just so important. So, whew, all right, hopefully you guys are still with me. Uh, I'm going to try to get done shortly. I can't make any promises, but uh, another key or a really, really important thing that we see uh, from the spiritual uh, son and father, mother, daughter relationship is the key of impartation, okay? And... What I mean by that is uh, we're going to read 2 Kings 2, verses 13 through 15 real quick. So if you guys want to join me, we're in 2 Kings 2, 13 through 15. All right, and so this is what it says. 
Uh, this is after he tore his uh, robe or his shirt or his tunic or his coat into two pieces. It says, he picked up the mantle of Elijah that fell off of him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and struck the waters and said, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he too had struck the waters, they divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Verse 15 says, when the sons of the prophets who were watching... See, they were watching. They weren't participating. They were watching opposite at Jericho. Saw him. They said, the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed down to the ground before him. Wow. Uh, and, you know, I encourage you to read, read through uh, 2 Kings 2 as well. But what you're going to find is that the sons of the prophets they too had a relationship with Elijah. It wasn't like they didn't care about him. It wasn't like, that, like they didn't love him because what you're going to see is that they keep asking and almost begging Elisha, you know, for, uh, for him to allow them to send a search party out for Elijah to the point that Elisha is embarrassed and finally says, fine, send your scouts, go look for him. And so, you know, the the... The other prophets, it wasn't that they didn't care about Elijah. It was just that they didn't have that relationship, that spiritual fathering son relationship that Elijah and Elisha had. And that relationship came through, you know, work. It came through going wherever he went, pouring water on his hands, doing whatever he was asked of, seeking the Lord with him. You know, it was a cost to that. You know, because it's not easy being a spiritual parent. It's not easy being a spiritual son or daughter. It takes time. It takes hard work. It takes dedication. But if we want to have the next generation on fire for God, if we want this generation on fire with God, then we need to make sure that we have those relationships in our lives. You know, uh, even me, you know, I'm, I'm fathered still and spiritually, you know, poured into by a lot of people, you know. And, um, you know, Pastor Michael French, you know, he fathers me and, and Pastor DJ fathers me. And, you know, and so um, it's important to have people in your life who will take responsibility for you and hold you accountable. Um, I can't stress that enough. You know, there is power in being held accountable and holding other people accountable. Uh, that makes us grow spiritually. Uh, it really, really does. Uh, so uh, there's like a, honest, <laughs> honestly, there's a lot of other, um, you know, stuff that I want to talk about. And uh, I think I'm, I'm probably going to, just read one more verse for you guys. And I don't think it's going to be up there, but I want to, I want to read this to you because I, uh, one of our brothers in the faith, he, uh, you know, he brought this up on, you know, what he believed the Lord was doing right now during this time. And he brought up Malachi 4, Malachi 4, verse 5. And it says, see, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. 
He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. And so I believe during this time where it seems like, you know, we shouldn't be pouring that much uh, into one another or spending that much time with one another because we're in a quarantine. I feel like this is the perfect time where God wants us to realize the importance of having a spiritual father in your life, having a spiritual son or daughter in your life that you're being poured into and you're also pouring out. And, uh, you know, I love the church, you know, like Brother Bo says all the time, I love church, but you need God and you need spiritual relationships outside of just church. So when the storm comes, like what we're seeing right now, so when the storm comes and there's a quarantine and you can't actually go to church, that you still have people, whether it's through texting or calling or Facebook or small group Zoom, whatever it is, you still have somebody pouring into you. You know, you can't do life alone. And it's so important that we understand that God wants us to have spiritual fathers and mothers in our life. One, to hold us accountable. Two, to pour into us. And three, so that we can model Christ who they're modeling and so that we can also produce sons and daughters. I, you know, I do not want to get caught up. I do not want to fail in a sense uh, like Joshua did. You know, I don't want for me or for you to have so many amazing victories in Christ Jesus and then the future generations and the next generations that are coming up forget all about him. You know, what, what I want is for our church, for my brothers and sisters, not just, you know, Destiny Church, but the church to start to come back into alignment with spiritual fathers and, and daughters and, and sons and mothers, people who will be willing to sacrifice because it's not easy. Again, it's not easy to sacrifice their time, you know, to build those precious relationships in order to see the kingdom of God realized in order to see mature Christians walking this earth, uh, in order to see what the Bible says, you know, uh, the, the true sons and daughters that the earth is so, uh, so much waiting for. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just, I'm really thankful that God has placed this in my heart and has been able to confirm it with so many other people. And again, if nothing else, this stirs up your heart. You know, I want to encourage you right now that you would seek spiritual fathers and mothers. And, you know, for a lot of you, that might be Pastor DJ or, or someone like that. Um, and that's amazing. But I want all of you, it might be a small group leader, uh, whatever the case is, get plugged in. You know, allow yourself to be not just taught, right? Not just taught but allow yourself to be accountable, you know, to have that spiritual father-child relationship, spiritual mother-father-child relationship, uh, because it's important. It's important that we are held accountable and that we would grow, you know. Uh, it really, really is. So I love you guys. I encourage you to find those relationships. I encourage you to plug in. 
um, whether it's, again, you know, through social media or however, but I encourage you during this time to, you know, make spiritual sons and daughters as well um, and also get poured into. It's important. All right, so uh, I think we're going to go ahead and end it here. Uh, I think normally Daisy's been about, you know, 20 minutes or so. So (laughs) I went a little over, but it's all right. Um, You know, I love you guys, and I'm so grateful that you guys joined in, whether it's right now, live, or, you know, maybe in the future. Uh, I love you guys so much, and I want you to stir your spirits up. I hope this encouraged you, and I love you guys. And We're going to pray, and then we're going to go ahead and uh, end the live stream, okay? Uh, So let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace, God. We thank you for your word that is alive and active, Father. We thank you for your spirit that is still speaking to us today, God. And not just to me, Father God, or to our church, but to many churches around the world, God. They're starting to see revival take place through the, through the relationships, through the godly relationships that are being built through these tough times. Father, we thank you, and I ask that you would just open the hearts, Father God, of your people, that you would encourage them to have the the strength, God, and and to have the motivation, God, to make sons and daughters, God. In the name of Jesus, Father God, I ask that we would all receive something tonight. Holy Spirit, would you just take the words that I've spoken and let it, Uh, marinate in their hearts father i thank you i bless them in jesus name i love you guys and amen you guys be blessed